Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Sukkah Kafbet, Tractate Sukkah, folio page 22. The Daf opens with a Mishnah. Sukkah Hamidu Vlelet, Veshat Silatam Rubab Mechamata Keshera. A Sukkah Hamidu Vlelet, which the Talmud will define, and one whose shade is greater than its sun is kosher. One that is covered like a house, even though the stars are not visible from the inside, is kosher. A lengthy sugi ensues, which will take up most of the daf today. First, there is the definition of midu, of midu vlelet. According to Rav, it is a poor sukkah. Rashi explains that it is one that is little schach, but a lot of air. But nowhere is there three tfachim together, which would re- render it invalid. Shmuel says, that the reeds are on different levels, one higher and one lower. As a result, there is actually more sunlight than shade. Rashi explains that in this case, were there to be more shade than sun if the sukkah were all on the same level, the sukkah would be kosher. The Talmud notes that Rav teaches the Mishnah as referring to one case, whereas Shmuel teaches it as referring to two cases. Rav connects Midduvlela to Middoldelet, above understood as Aniyah, or poor, and declares that the main principle in this case is that the shade is greater than the sun. For Shmuel, Midduvlelet means Mibobelet. The levels of the Schach are mixed, but it is still kosher. And in the case of the poor sukkah, as long as the shade is greater than the sun, the sukkah is kosher. Abaye and Rava now discuss the case of Olevi Yoreid. Abaye limits the distance between the two levels of the schach to three tzvachim. Rava says that the key element is not the distance between the levels, but the width of the piece of schach. As long as it is one tefach wide, we can invoke the principle of Chavot Rami another legal fiction by which the upper level is said to descend to the lower level to be considered as one smooth roof for the purposes of Ohel. In order to make his case about the application of Chavot Rami, Rava brings a Mishnah from Ohelot. The Mishnah presents two cases. In case one, an upper story roof has been framed but not plastered. It corresponds exactly with the framed and unplastered roof of the lower story. In this case, something impure under a lower beam spreads its impurity to anything susceptible underneath any lower beam. If the impurity is between a lower beam and an upper beam, then the impurity extends to anything susceptible between the two floors. And if it is on top of the upper beam, it extends to the sky. But, in the second case, the beams of the upper story correspond to the space between the beams of the lower story. In this case, any impurity below a beam extends to anything susceptible under any beam, 
whereas an impurity on top of any beam would extend to the sky. A Baraita is brought to clarify the Mishnah. The Medvarim Amurim. What are we talking about? A case where each beam is a tavach wide and the space between them is also a tavach. If it is, if it is less than a tavach of space between the lower beams, and consequently the upper beams are less than a tavach, then something impure under a lower beam does not extend its impurity to anything not under that beam, but what is between or atop the beam is tahor. Thus, Rava proves that the principle of a chavot rami requires beams of a tefach's width. At a later time, Rav Kahana and Rava discuss the matter. Ravashi brings a baraita, which we saw in Daf Yudchet, about a beam which goes from one wall but does not reach the opposite wall, or two beams which each go from one wall towards the other but do not reach the other wall nor touch each other. If there is less than three tefachim, we do not need to bring another beam to complete the Eru. Rashbach says that the requisite limit is actually four tefachim. The next case in the Breitah involves two beams, neither one of which is a tefach wide and is thus unable to support half a brick, but if together they can do so, one does not have to bring another beam. Rashbach here rules that they may even be separated by as much as three tefachim, as long as they can actually support a half brick laid across them. The third case is two beams, one higher than the other. According to Rabbi Yossi ben Rabbi Yehuda, we can view them as if they were actually side by side. And if side by side they would form a valid karah, they can be combined in this manner, as long as the upper karah is not above 20 amot, and the lower Korah not lower than ten Tfachim. The implication of this, according to Ravashi, is that according to Rabbi Yossi ben Rabbi Yehuda, we can apply Chavot Rami even when the upper beam is not a Tfach wide, which would contradict Rava's assertion that Chavot Rami can apply only with an upper beam a Tfach wide. Rav Kahana provides the defense of Rava by reading Rabbi Yossi ben Rabbi Yehuda to require the two beams to be within three tefachim of each other, whether the lower one is just above ten tefachim from the ground, or the upper one as much as twenty amot above the ground, in which case the principle to apply here is lavud rather than chavot rami. And in fact, we do not say chavot rami because the beams are not a tefach wide. We now have two short sugyot. The first one is based on an apparent contradiction between our Mishnah here and one in the previous chapter. Here we say that if the shade is more than the sun, the sukkah is kosher, implying that if the sun and shade are equal, the sukkah is invalid. In the first chapter, the Mishnah said that if the sun is more than the shade, the sukkah is invalid, implying that if they are equal, the sukkah is valid. How can the same measure be both valid and invalid? La kasha, it is no difficulty. The first case applies to the roof, the second to the ground. That is to say, if the schach and sun are equal on top of the sukkah, it is invalid. But if the shade and sun are equal on the bottom, it is. Rav Papa notes the popular expression, a zoos or small coin on top is like an istra or a large coin on the bottom. Sunlight diffuses as it goes farther from its source, 
Equal shade and sunlight on the roof means there is too much sun on the ground. Equal sun and shade on the floor means that the roof has more schach than not. The daf continues with the Mishnah that says if one makes a sukkah on the top of a wagon, or the top of a boat, it is kosher and one can go up to it on Yom Tov. On the top of a tree or on the top of a camel, it is kosher, but one may not go up on Yom Tov. The two walls from the tree and are from the tree and one is man-made, the two are man-made and one from the tree, it is kosher, but one may no, not go up on Yom Tov. If three walls are man-made and one is from the tree, it is kosher and one may go up. According to Rashi, the Kiddush in the first part is that even though the wagon and the boat move and have no fixed location, the sukkah is kosher. And even though, as we will see tomorrow in the Talmud, wind will blow down the sukkah on the boat, it is enough that it provides temporary shelter. The issue with the tree is that rabbinic law forbids climbing on or using a tree on Yom Tov because of the prohibition of talush, plucking. But even so, if one nevertheless did go up on Yom Tov, it would still fulfill his obligation. Until tomorrow, when the Mishnah enunciates a general principle. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.